You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Revive Her, a transformative space where we break down walls to unearth the incredible power that lies within every woman. We're your hosts, Haley and Noel. Dive into candid conversations about entrepreneurship, faith and relationships, and the journeys that define us. Whether you're a woman who's walking the path of self-discovery or someone who desperately needs to feel understood, Revive Her is your safe space to learn, heal, and grow. Are you ready? Sometimes I don't know if the death of my babies was a cruel punishment or a hidden mercy, and it makes me feel like a monster. So today we're getting real about the heart-wrenching journey of infertility, the grief of miscarriages, and the confusing emotions that seem to drown us in these times. And Noelle, I know you and I both have had issues with infertility, miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, but we've had different experiences. So I know for you, it was more on the infertility side of things. So can you tell me a little bit about your journey with infertility? Yes, for sure. I feel like infertility isn't something that I talk about a lot because it was such a dark part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I went from the darkness of infertility straight into the darkness of postpartum depression. But Drew and I, um, we tried to conceive for 16 months And we went through all of these crazy things. And so we ultimately found out that I was not ovulating the way that I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And then Drew's sperm count was down from like previous performance drugs he had taken. Um, The monster energy drinks, like all these crazy things Mm -hmm. that you don't even realize play into that. Mm -hmm. It plays into, you know, the sperm count and things like that. So we were going through all of these things and I had seeked going to a fertility clinic, things like that. And so that's what we ultimately found out was the issue, but there were other issues that come along with those things as Mm -hmm. well, such as like we couldn't conceive because Mm -hmm. Drew's sperm count was so low and then I wasn't ovulating. So it's like, even if he was, he did have that healthiness, like the healthy swimmers as they call it. 
I still wasn't ovulating regular. So having to go on medication for that, um, I even was talking about having a small procedure done in order to do it, but thank goodness I didn't have to. But we did have fertility treatments and it seemed like everything that we tried failed. So, so let me ask you, because I actually don't know this, if if it's kind of more so in the man like that has low sperm count, can... Like I know women can take fertility treatments and IVF and all the things, but is there anything for the man? Yeah. So they do have things that they can do. They can give them shots, like they can give Mm -hmm. them medication as well to try and help. But the main thing is just figuring out. So like for Drew, it was a mix of things. Mm -hmm. So once he stopped drinking so much caffeine and drinks Mm -hmm. like that, I mean, he was working in the mines, he was working long days. And so he was living on energy drinks. And so that was the first thing our doctor said, like cut those out and then we'll retest we can retest everything. And so surely enough, he cut those out and we were able to conceive. Wow. Yeah. And so the crazy thing is prior to all of that, going through all of that testing and then going through me, I was the main person that was going through it on the fertility side is that we kept trying to do it through doctors. Mm -hmm. And it was like, this didn't work and this didn't work. And I'm like, man, what are we going to do? Like, we had come to a point in our relationship where I was spending a fortune on ovulation tests. I had bought pregnancy tests in bulk. Like it was, it was becoming a job. Mm -hmm. And even down to our sex life, it was like, it was no longer special. Mm -hmm. Like it was no longer a time that we enjoyed. It was no longer, you know, that like intimacy between us. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm ovulating. Like, come on, let's go, hurry up, you know? And I really believe at the core that that is not God's intention Mm -hmm. for us. You know, he wants that to be a special moment, but I feel like for so many, and I know if you're going through an infertility struggle, you feel this, it like, it takes all of that out of you and it just, it become a job. And so we got to a point where we had had treatments that just were not working. And I said, you know, I'm giving all of this up. Mm -hmm. I'm truly giving all of this up. Like I am, I'm surrendering it, all of this. And I said that so many times. So if you're in this season, I'm sure you've said it so many times, And then you turn back around and you pick it back up Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, here we go again. Like I'm ovulating. Mm -hmm. And it was this vicious cycle that I found myself in where I was already struggling with my mental health in this season of trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like that did play such a part into the postpartum yeah, because it was like, I had tried so hard to have this baby and it was like, man, I wanted him so bad. Mm -hmm. And then when I got him, it was like, I didn't feel the way I was supposed to about Mm -hmm. him. Like I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, just this motherly love and this happiness and all of this. It was like instant darkness. Mm -hmm. And so it was jumping from one frying pan into another for me. But when I look back now that I've come through all of this, when I look back on that season of my life, I see that if it's meant to be, it's going to be. And so I went to a final appointment and we had come to a point where it was expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally when you go through fertility treatments, when you go through IVF, when you go through all of these things, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like expensive, expensive. And so I remember that I was going to an appointment with my OB and we we're going to talk about other options. 
And I've told this story before, but I've never told the story that I just told you guys. Yeah, I didn't know that. Through, like we had been through all of these things. And I feel like it's because it's such a dark season of my life where my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, it was failing me. And as a woman and as a wife drew one of this baby so bad. And so did I. And I felt like I was letting him down because I couldn't do what my body was supposed to do mm-hmm. as a female. And so I don't talk about that enough because I truly believe that it's something that I'm still healing from, mm-hmm. you know, but I went to this appointment and I remember I was sitting in the waiting room to see my OB and I was listening to the music that was playing and Michael Jackson thriller was playing. And I'll never forget this. I was like, I was so mad. I was so mad at God. I was so mad and bitter mm-hmm. at my current situation. I was mad and bitter at everyone that was pregnant around me. Like I was, I had become a monster in my infertility. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, this song is so stupid <laughs> and it just spiraled. Yeah. And then I was like, God, how could you fail me like this? Mm-hmm. And I was literally sitting in, the, I hope the doctors and nurses probably thought, oh Lord, who are we? <laughs> I was saying this out loud. It was my thoughts. And then I started speaking it and I was like, God, like if you loved me, I, you know, the desires of my heart and I want to be a mom. And I've been through this for 16 months. You would bless me with a baby. Mm -hmm. And I was so bitter and I was so hurt. And so my doctor came in, we talked about some other options and things like that. And they didn't pregnancy test. They didn't give me a pregnancy test that day. And I left feeling just defeated and upset and all of this. And I went home and I had ordered a huge pack of bulk pregnancy strips, like test strips, Mm -hmm. because I was spending a fortune. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take one of these. Like, I'm going to see how this test Mm -hmm. works. I'm just going to try it out because I hadn't ever done that type. They were like the little cheap ones because I had spent so much. And so I peed in a cup. I dipped it in there and it was positive. And I remember I didn't believe it. So I took like 17 more and I had them all lined on the um, counter and they were all positive. And so in that moment, like I have chills right now because I was cursing God. I was like, you have forsaken me. Like you have failed me. And I believe like I have prayed through this. Like, you know what I'm going through. And I was pregnant. You know, I was pregnant all along and that's a story that I don't tell a lot and I need to because it's impactful, but I had the perfect pregnancy. Like I had, it was amazing. The whole thing was amazing. And then I did have postpartum depression with Oakley that led to those suicidal thoughts that led to suicidal depression. It was the darkest season of my life. And then this is something that I haven't ever talked about with that season of depression, but when Oakley was less than a year old, I found out I was pregnant with Sailor. And so we conceived Sailor on our own. She was a one night stand. I say, (laughs) I'm like, me and Drew always joke. We're like, Sailor is a one night stand because truly like we had a baby that was under a year old. It was like, we were tired. Like we were going through the thick of it. It's not like you have the steamiest sex life. No, (laughs) no. And I felt just like disgusting. I was going through postpartum. It was just horrible. And I woke up one morning and I was sick and I told Drew I was like I have the stomach virus like you're gonna have to fill in for me I cannot do this 
and I was throwing up like I felt so bad and it hit me in the bathroom and I was like oh my gosh this is how I felt when I was Mm -hmm. pregnant with Oakley and so I took a pregnancy test and it was positive and so I was like Drew help me like come here and so we drove immediately to the hospital and I had a blood draw and it was positive and I remember that the moment that was so happy with Oakley. Like Mm -hmm. I hit my knees. I cried. I had seen so many negative pregnancy tests that I literally didn't believe that Mm -hmm. I saw two pink lines. It was the happiest moment of my life, truly. And then I went into this with Sailor and I saw this positive pregnancy test and it was like the saddest moment of my life because I knew man, like I just went through postpartum. Like I'm on the outside of it. Like I am in the healing. Like I, I'm doing good. I'm thriving. Like aside fear probably. Yeah. Aside of being tired and a mom and you know, all of these Mm -hmm. things, I was starting to thrive again. And it was a fear of, Oh my gosh, like I have done this, but I always say that sailor is the thing that saved me. Mm -hmm. And like sailor is the kid that I don't know if I'm going to survive raising her, but (laughs) she did give me just so much hope and like Mm -hmm. a new perspective. And she showed me, and I know that God used that pregnancy and he used her to show me that that attack in my life, Mm -hmm. the postpartum depression and the darkness and the infertility, it was the enemy at play in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was like, God showed me through sailor, like you are, you are able to have your own kids. You are able to have a healthy pregnancy. You are able to have kids and not have postpartum depression. Like everything with her just showed me that there is good in it. And so I always say that she saved me and she truly did. So that's a little bit about my infertility struggle. And I hope that encourages you if you are battling those things, if you are going through those things that you can still conceive naturally, even when like science and things like that tell you that you can't. I just want you to find hope in my story that you can, you can conceive and that maybe you've had a baby and you've battled postpartum and you're really afraid of having another one. Just take that as it is possible. It's possible to thrive and it's possible to work through those things. I like that you said that he's able because there's a scripture in Ephesians. I think it's 320 and it says now to him, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to his power that's at work within us. He was able and he was making that and was say, I I didn't know that about sailor that she wasn't like planned and I had no idea. And I'm just like smiling, listen to you say that because it was like, his gift to you like you went through hell to get Oakley now I'm giving you this baby that you didn't even ask for this time as a surprise because I know you need her I know what she's going to do for you and I'm this is going to be the the easy one and what I say by that is (laughs) you're not going to work to get her you're not going to go through hell to get her yeah I'm giving you this gift and that's just really beautiful the contrast and like what you went through to get both of your children yeah and being a mom with two under two it was just, I was so scared. I was like, I'm going to have two kids under two. It's going to be crazy. And it was hard in certain seasons. Don't feel like it. I'm saying it's not because it is, but it just showed me how powerful that I am 
and yeah. that I am capable of doing hard things. And it just renewed my spirit as a mm-hmm. whole. And I know that infertility is different than loss. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about you and like how that story, because I know the struggle of trying to conceive those, those are similar, mm-hmm. right? So those feelings of like bitterness and hurt and all of this comparison, but what about loss mm-hmm. and going through loss? Like how, if you could help someone and be, you know, just a testimony to help someone through that, like, what would you tell them and your story? Mm-hmm. So for us, we never tried to have a baby like most of the, like your story and most women that I hear that just really wanted to be a mom. And even now, sometimes I feel like there's something wrong with me because I've never been that woman who just aches to be a mom. Like I've never had that in me. Like I kind of hate kids sometimes. (laughs) And I say that like, that I mean that like not as terrible as it sounds, but it's just like kids are the worst. Um, But I also have immense love for my niece and nephews. Like I would die for them. So I know, I mean, I'm, I'm their aunt, but like, I feel like I have such a motherly love for them and I've helped my sister raise them so much. And um, so even at that, I've still never been like, oh, I, I just need a baby of my own and so when we got pregnant the very first time it was I was actually pregnant when I tried to commit suicide and I didn't even know that and um so that whole last half of all of that um I was pregnant and I didn't know and so when I got into therapy and I started working through things like I noticed I started getting my like my boobs are so sore and not like hey I'm on my period sore I'd never been that sore like if it just like touched my shirt it was painful and I was like complaining to my therapist one day she was like girlfriend you need to take a pregnancy test and I was like (laughs) I was like Sydney it's scientifically impossible for me to be pregnant right now and I was like I'm not pregnant and which is so stupid like that is literally not scientifically (laughs) like that was just the dumbest thing I could say but I just did not believe that I could be pregnant at all and 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 two it's kind of now that I'm thinking about it um what you said with uh sailor so Chris had been uh, in Texas for five months working um at a hospital in this COVID unit because this was like right when COVID had hit Mm -hmm. so he was away for five months so in five months, we had sex two times. Yeah. I flew down to Texas two times to visit him in five months. So that's why I like I told her, I was like, Sydney, I've been to Texas twice. <laughs> like it's like literally not possible yes, for me yes. to be pregnant right now. So finally, like I just randomly decided to take a test because I, I was late. I was like, I think like two weeks late on my period. I was super sore, all the things. And um, at this point, Chris is back home and I was, I took a test fully expecting it to be negative and it was positive and I just it was like 7 a.m and I was like oh my gosh and I remember feeling scared out of my mind because we didn't plan it we hadn't been trying (laughs) like I didn't even know if I wanted to be a mom and then I was like at the same time excited and like I just had a rush of conflicting emotions Mm -hmm. so then I was thinking okay god this is this is your new start because I had just gotten in therapy. I had, you know, I just began my healing journey out of this horrible depression. So I was like, okay, like this is him giving me a fresh start and a chance. Like I'm going to be a mom. I'm getting my life together. Like I'm going to be healed and whole for my baby. It's when I started my business because I wanted to build something for my baby. And so we got excited. We told our friends and family because my, my mother-in-law has been dying for children at this <laughs> yes. point. Like, so she wanted to 
grandchildren so bad at this point. And I was the last person they ever expected to like get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it was just such a joyous occasion in telling them. That very night after we got the family together and told them that we were pregnant, I started having horrible cramps and I went to the bathroom and like I eventually I was laying in bed like for hours with cramps and I was like, it just something's not right. Like I know my body. I've never been pregnant before, but just something's not right. So I went to the bathroom and as soon as I stood up and got out of the bed, I felt a gush. So like ran to the bathroom and I just had a trail of blood from the bed to the bathroom. I was like bleeding everywhere. So I just immediately start bawling and I yell for Chris and So he comes and gets me and we try to like, I mean, it looked like a bloodbath in there. I was bleeding so much. So we uh, rushed to the ER and I was in the ER from, I think it was like, I don't know, like 9 p.m. till 8 a.m. the next morning. And they were doing tests and ultrasounds. And it was, it was like the movie scenes in the, in the creepy (laughs) horror films where the, the wing of the hospital is dark and you're like, okay, no hospital looks like that. It did (laughs) this night. I was in this creepy dark wing of the hospital in this um, ultrasound room that I guess they weren't using. And I was like in there in the dark with this lady and I was bleeding all over the lady. And it was just, it was an awful experience. My legs were shaking. I was cold. She wouldn't answer any of my questions because like at this point I was like can you see if it's a boy or a girl and like how far along am I because I didn't even know that right and she her bless her little heart her faces told me so much without a single word and I just knew something was wrong and so she was like I can't tell you anything we'll have the doctor come in and talk to you about everything and it felt like an agonizing amount of hours until the doctor came because I'm cramping and I'm bleeding and I don't know if like something's wrong with my baby and he eventually comes in and tells me that it's ectopic and it's so funny because uh if you don't know this I don't think I've said this yet I have endometriosis I I was online like waiting for the doctor reading about anything that it possibly could be because of endometriosis and ectopic pregnancy was one of the things but it was so rare and so dangerous that I was like it that's not going to be that. So I didn't even read about it because I was like, there's no chance it's that. And then he comes back and he says, it's ectopic. I don't know if you guys know anything about ectopic pregnancies, but it poses severe risk to the mom. The baby will never be viable. It like gets caught in your tube. It doesn't make it to your uterus. So if you don't get it removed, like it'll eventually kill you because it's just going to grow until everything inside you busts basically. So we had to do like an emergency surgery. And like when he told me that at the time, I didn't know any of those details. And so I was like, I stupidly asked like if the baby's going to be okay. And he was like, no, like you're, you're losing this baby. And so I just bawled. I was in the ER just bawling and my best friend was there and my husband was there and they were trying to, they were trying to comfort me. And, uh, Christy, she had been through a miscarriage before, so she knew how to comfort me. But Chris is, you know, he's a man, this Mm -hmm. is our first pregnancy. And he was like, it's going to be okay. And I was like, it's not going to be okay. (laughs) Like, don't tell me that. Like I'm bleeding. We're losing our child. It's not okay. Nothing's, nothing's okay right now. So like I'm biting his head off in the ER because he's just doing his best. (laughs) Bless his heart. Um, so anyway, I have surgery and at this point it feels like a fever dream. Like 
it hasn't really, even though I was like crying and feeling the things of like losing my baby, it didn't really hit me yet, I guess. And so I'm getting prepped for surgery. I already have my IV, like everything. They're about to wheel me. And then a lady comes in with a clipboard and she's like, we just need you to fill this out really quick. And so I'm reading over the form and it, it says mother sign here and mother sign here. And like, I didn't look at myself as a mother at that point, even though I was pregnant, I had a baby. And then it was asking me, it was asking me where to put the remains. For some reason that like really became real to me at that point that I had a baby inside my belly that I was supposed to be a mom and that I wasn't going to be a mom anymore. And for some reason that clipboard like destroyed me in that moment. So I'm just like, signing it they're like asking me if they if they just dispose of the remains at the hospital or if I want to have a funeral for it which yeah. was like so weird to me yeah. at the time and um so I finished the forms have the surgery and during the surgery they figured out that the ectopic pregnancy was due to my endometriosis so they ended up taking my left fallopian tube so mm-hmm. I only have one fallopian tube now so I only have a chance to get pregnant if I ovulate like from my right side and it right, goes through right. my right side. So here I come out of surgery, I hear that they've taken a fallopian tube and I'm like, okay, well, can I even get pregnant now? Like, is this going to make it harder? So they were just assuring me that my other tube was healthy and that it, I shouldn't have an issue getting pregnant. So we decided to try for months after that because I was like, well, maybe I do want to be a mom because it was yeah. such a hard loss. Um, then we couldn't get pregnant. We stopped and then out of the blue, I get pregnant again a year later and we felt like it was from God. And like I had a couple people, my sister being one of them, just a few days earlier said that she had a dream that I was pregnant, told me what I was wearing. The dream was just so vivid. And then when we told my mother-in-law that we were pregnant that second time, she just started bawling and she was like, I just had a dream that you told us you were pregnant or something like something about me being pregnant. And so we all felt like this was just confirmation from the Lord that he gave us this second baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, there were so many things that aligned in the stars that was like, God gave me this baby and this is my rainbow baby. Fast forward, same thing happens, start bleeding a ton. When it's, when I started bleeding that time, I just started bawling and I said, not again, like yeah. not again. Cause like, this is supposed to be from you, God. Yeah. And so again, we like go to the hospital, they do a bunch of tests. This one wasn't ectopic. It was just a, a regular miscarriage, but that's twice that my body as a woman failed me. Mm-hmm. And that's twice, like I should have two babies like yeah. running around right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I feel that whole, like, even now I can't, I just get emotional about it because I should be a mom my sister-in-law's baby should be the same age as my baby. And it's like kind of, I feel like it's cruel because my sister was pregnant the same time I was pregnant the first time. My sister-in-law was pregnant the same time I was pregnant the second time. So anytime I see their kids, I'm reminded that mine aren't here. And I had a really hard time being around my sister-in-law, my nephew, when he was first born. I didn't go visit them when he was first born because I didn't want to. Like I had anger and like jealousy towards her, but I've worked through that, you know, in time. But I want you to know if you feel that way, like it's normal and it sucks. Like as you can hear that it's still a struggle for me to talk about now because I just really felt like those pregnancies were from the Lord and then they were ripped from me. I can't put it into words how it feels. It's And it's a thing like if you're listening to this and you've not been through infertility and you've not been through 
a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy and you haven't lost a child, you'll never really get it. And I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but the first, I think it was the first time my sister-in-law was pregnant. She had a miscarriage and she was only pregnant or like knew that she was pregnant for like two or three days. And she was so upset losing that baby. And at the time I was really judgmental internally. And I was like, why are you so upset? Like, I mean, I get it. It's sad. Like, of course I had empathy, but I was like, you, like, you only knew you were pregnant like two or three days. Like, how can you be this upset until it happened to me? And then I was just like, something chemically happens in you when you get pregnant. Like I never understood it. And I hate that I didn't ever before, but you bond with that baby that's inside your belly. Like, I don't care how short or how long you've been pregnant. There's something that God has put in a woman that is instinctual, that is chemical, that you bond and you fall in love with that baby immediately. So my babies were never born, but like that loss wrecked me. Like both of them, like absolutely wrecked me. And so if you've not been through it, I know that you can't understand it, but you can have better empathy, maybe hearing yes. her stories. Yes, yes. Because now I know how to treat someone who has been through something like that. I get it now and I hate that I never did before. Yeah, because I feel like God puts you on a path to where you can walk a mile in someone else's shoes for a little while to feel how they mm-hmm. feel, to give you a new perspective. But what you said is so powerful that maybe you're not walking through this, but even on the trying to conceive, like Drew and I would hear all the time, when are y'all going to have babies? Like, are you going to have babies? Do you want kids? Do you want all of this? And every single time it was like a knife in the gut because it was just like, I want it so bad. Mm -hmm. And so badly, I wanted to just say like, we're trying, Mm -hmm. we're doing all the things. Like I wanted to just go off. And then it's like a deep hurt of like people just, they don't know. So rather than asking people like, are you going to have babies? Are you ever going to have babies? I've just really learned that that's not a question that I ask people. Yeah, I'm the exact same way now. And like, I have understanding that people may not know better Mm -hmm. than to ask that. But now I make sure that I don't because it's the exact same for me. Like I'm I'm so terrible sometimes if I'm just in a certain ripe mood. If someone (laughs) asks me, I'll be like, they'll be like, do you have any kids? I'm like, no, they're dead. Like I've I've said that to people before (laughs) and Chris will be like, oh my gosh. And I was like, it's awkward for me. So I might as well make it awkward for everybody. (laughs) I don't recommend that you do that. Okay. Do not be like me, but like I have, like if I'm in a certain mood or if it's like, if I'm having a bad day with it, like sometimes I see babies and I want to punch them in the face because I'm jealous. I would never punch a baby guys, but I feel that way. Sometimes I get jealous when I see a pregnancy announcement. Like every time, even now, if I see someone announce that they're pregnant, like it hurts. Yeah. I get it hurts so bad. I experienced that when we were trying to conceive. It was like everyone around me was pregnant and I just could not be happy for them. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't go to baby showers. Like I didn't. I remember being in church on Mother's Day, one Mother's Day. And I picked up my purse because I wanted to leave Mm -hmm. because I had so much bitterness. I cried the whole service because I wanted to be a mom Mm -hmm. so bad and everyone was just gushing about being a mom and then everyone that seemed like in our church was pregnant. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how is everyone pregnant but me? And I've had those same feelings and it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's normal. Like there were times that I would be like, I am a horrible human because I don't want to go to so-and-so's baby shower, Mm -hmm. you know, but just realize that 
it's normal to feel that way. Everyone who is trying to conceive or who has lost at some point, they have felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to the woman who might be similar to me and the fact that you haven't ever wanted kids or you don't want kids because I feel so conflicted at all times. I grieve the loss of those babies and I grieve having the chance to be a mom taken from me. And at the exact same time, I'm so glad I don't have children. Like I see my sister and her three kids and all of my friends, like I'm like the only person in my friend group that doesn't have kids. And it really sucks because I feel like I'm behind in that I'm broken and that I'm not on their level, I guess. But at the same time, I'm like, your life looks miserable. And I don't want kids because I I don't know if it's selfishness or if I like the freedom to travel and like sleep in and, you know, really I can do whatever the heck I want at any point in time. And kids completely change that. And I have an understanding again, because of all of my friends that there's nothing like being a mom and you love your baby and you love your kid more than life itself. And I get that to a point because I I know the love I had for the ones I lost, but there's these conflicting feelings of, I wish I was a mom. I want to get pregnant every single period that I have. I get upset that I'm not pregnant. And at the exact same time, I'm relieved that I'm not pregnant. And it's so confusing for me and I, I can't explain it. I don't have a I don't know what to tell you if you're feeling the same thing other than it's like normal and it's weird like to want to be a mom so bad and at the same time not want kids at all. And some I used to feel like that I had something wrong with me because I didn't want to be a mom and like I don't want to be a mom. But then I'm like every period I'm like, not pregnant. So yeah. it's like, what is happening in your brain, Haley? Like, do you yeah. want to be a mom or do you not? <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know what else to say to that other than like, if you're experiencing that, like, it's normal. And I think at that point and what I'm even learning to do now is just, God, if you want me to have a baby and you actually want me to give birth to a baby and it go full term, that's all, like, it's up to you. Like I, yeah. I'm okay if I don't and I'm okay if I do and I I don't want to be I don't want to be so controlling that I'm trying all the time but I don't want to prevent it either and I just want to give it to him like that's the point I'm at with it now because I I confuse myself on a daily basis around motherhood and I'm just like God like I'm open like my womb is yours yeah make it happen if it's supposed to and don't let it happen if it's not And that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to be. I feel like it's probably too a little bit of your, you're sad because you grieve that loss. And then also it's like, that's how you deal with it too. Like that's how you cope Mm -hmm. with it. Like, okay, well, I don't think I want to be a mom as well. So it's like always this internal, almost like struggle of, okay, what do I want? Do I want to be a mom or do I not? And I feel that too, because in my heart, I want more kids. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm in a season where Oakley and Sailor, I mean, they're six and seven. They're easy. I've made it through the, you know, potty training. Mm-hmm. I've made it through the diaper stage. Like I've made it through all of these hard seasons, but I know in my heart, I want more kids. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this struggle of, do I want more kids or do I just want my kids to be babies again? Yeah. You know, like, do I want that another season. baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I want another baby or am I just sad because my kids are becoming, you know, independent and it is a struggle. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel the same way as you every month. 
Like I get my period and I'm like, I'm sad because my heart longs to mm-hmm. have more kids, but then it's immediate. I'm like you, well, whew. like mm-hmm. I've, I've made it through the hard season. And I think it's just how I cope with that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you made it through. It's just not meant to be for you to have more kids, but it's like, I have this deep longing. Like, I feel like there's one more. There's yeah. one more in there, like somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where, but I know just in my soul, like I meant to have one more baby. Yeah. It's just, I fight myself on it for sure. I want to say too, if you are experiencing or have experienced the grief of infertility or loss, talk to someone who's been through it. Like you, it, there's nothing wrong with talking to your friends and the people you trust. But if you're talking to someone that hasn't actually been through it, there's only so much you're going to get out of that conversation because I mean, they may be the best supporter and listen to you and cry with you, but it has, it's really been the people that's went through it. That's really helped me through it because you just don't get it unless you've been through it. So I want to encourage you to find a person. If you don't know anyone, I kind of want to like dare you to be bold. And like, if you have to post on social media about it, like so many more women have experienced this than I ever realized. And like, it's like you don't notice a red car on the road until you buy a red car and all you see are red cars. So it was like that for me, like I didn't really see a lot of talk about miscarriages or infertility until it happened to me. And then I like noticed it like everywhere. And then I was like, wow. So there are unfortunately is a slew of women that have experienced this and reaching out to one of them is going, it's going to help you so much. It is. And of course, talking to God about it and like giving it to him, I think is the ultimate solution here to give you true peace of like, God, this is in your hands because that's what you had to do when you got Oakley. Yes. Yes. And I joined all of these support groups, like they're called TTC groups, trying to conceive groups, but I joined groups on Facebook to find women who were going through what I was going Mm -hmm. through. And back then I didn't have a platform. I wasn't, I didn't work on social media and all of that, but I have seen so many women turn in that mess into their message now. And they go to reels, like go to TikTok, go wherever and just search this because there's so many people that are going through it. There's so many people that can help you through it. And that is where I found my support through those times were in those groups. So if you need to be reminded of God's presence and comfort in your time of pain, we want to invite you to revive your spirit by meditating on this scripture. It's Matthew five and four. And it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. It's such a simple verse, but it's a promise from God. It's a promise that you will be made whole and that your suffering won't last. So if you want to go deeper, download our free seven-day guide to revive your spirit in the show notes. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.